Facebook. We uh, are down a woman. Yep. This evening, um, cross had a little bug or something, so stayed home from school, and he is uh, at home with Robin. But you never know; she may jump <clears throat> on Facebook. But uh, she has absolutely no idea what we're doing right now. No. And you you know that's really got to drive her crazy, right? It's, uh, she might have a panic attack. Yeah, she, she might. She could be here before we get done. This, this, that, now that is infinite possibility. Yeah. There's no doubt about the it. The chances of that. So there's no one to wrangle us in tonight. There's nobody to keep us on track. And there's no one <laughs> to cut us off in what would be considered an appropriate time limit. Yes. So, um, who knows? All infinite things can take place. But, um, I think we got some good stuff to talk about tonight. All infinite things can take place. Oh, we're playing ourselves online. Yeah. I think think there was, someone was saying something. Oh, somebody's talking to us? We're taking, we're new at this live stuff, too, at the same time. So we're trying to see if anybody's talking to us while we're doing this. Yeah, it's all quite a bit. Uh, Yeah, it's all, it's all a bit much, if you ask me. But yeah. Eric talked me into it, so here we are. Here we are. we got lots of stuff and, going on. And, um, yeah, down. Uh, Robin, you need to pay attention to the Facebook, because I can't really see it from here, so I don't know what people are saying or... I'm trying to look and see. Doing. There. Is there people commenting? I think no. we're okay. I don't see any. I got it on here. I'm looking at it right now. All right. So it's just confusing because it's delayed. But um, we were excited tonight because I think we got to take a little bit different approach tonight. Um, not that we prepared anything to say because we never really do that. But um, there are some topics that we've been kicking around throughout the week that are uh, in the news, of the news. Yeah. And um, I think some of it started earlier in the week with some posts I put on Facebook and started a conversation with around some stuff and uh, around some of the addiction stuff going on in Florida, uh, treatments of addiction that's going on in Florida, and, and some of the uses of marijuana within that for opioid stuff. Oh, Mary Jane. Oh, Mary Jane. And uh, the, the uh, resurgence of Mary Jane. Yes. Um, but in, in a different way. And then... Um, then we had our, our uh, I guess it was it today or yesterday, old Tricky Ricky got on and... I believe it was yesterday. It was yesterday. So our governor, Rick Scott, um, made a big announcement live on Facebook uh, regarding um, some new initiatives, I guess you'd say, 
or they're calling them that at least, uh, for the state of Florida and uh, the state of emergency that they've, uh, I guess, called out or claimed at this point in time. Are, you, are we going to play that? Uh, yeah, that, yeah, we can do that. I can play it here. It's a couple. It's only he only talks for a couple of minutes out of it. I think. Yeah. Where, give me one second. I'm yeah. just uh, inviting so some other people on. There we go. Show. We're inviting people to join. So that we're trying to create a little bit more of a conversation tonight too, and um, see if anybody wants to come talk to us. But um, if you're just joining or logging in, this is the uh, Restoration Radio podcast. We normally film, record, and um, then post, we're doing a simulcast recording at the same time with Facebook, did a little bit of Instagram stuff earlier, and um, now we are recording and sharing and whatnot. So if you have any thoughts, comments, concerns, uh, feel free to comment on the Facebook comments. Um, I know we have, it looks like a couple people watching right now, but it could just be me. Um, but anyway, we were chiming in about some stuff about this week that's going on in the news. We're going to listen to part of it in a little bit, but... Um, for those of you outside the state of Florida, um, where we are, uh, Tampa is uniquely positioned in the state in a way that uh, with, with our harbor and with where we are localized, that there is a, a good amount of what I would consider it. It's kind of like I'm from Dallas. It's the same kind of place with Dallas and Houston and Texas, which... We were just placed well for trafficking, placed well for drug transportation, uh, and placed well for uh, there to be major drug issues. I think when I moved out here um, and after I got clean, I, I realized very quickly how, how bad of a drug problem and addiction problem there is in the Tampa area. And so did Jason. So, um, you know, that's been our work over the last decade. Uh, has been uh, self-realization, self-awareness, and self-progression um, through our own stuff. And as we've done that, we've become better aware of what works, what doesn't work. Um, not that we know it all, because it's a it's a progressive state for us too. But um, you really know, depends on what your definition of works. Yeah, what your definition of works is, and that that gets into some. I think we're going to kick around tonight is is with some of this stuff. Um, Again, there's a lot of definitions. Here's a video. Yeah. All right. So let's. Uh, we're. You know, we've been talking about the possible marijuana use and treatment of addiction, and that stirred up quite a big pot. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, pot. Um, and then the governor really jumped into this here midweek, and. Uh, really kind of got me going a little bit and I started really asking some questions on what we're doing what's the old story uh, are we just reinforcing the old story and what can we do to make some changes and in that uh, looking at some of these things we've learned quite a bit just here recently about the schedule classes of drugs and how marijuana is a Schedule one drug, right? And opiates are a schedule two, two. drug, and how things are really beginning to flip flop. But because the 
system, the way in which all things operate and regulate here in our country has positioned itself to kind of really be in a place where they may not be able to deal with these things like they're saying they want to. Yeah. And so I, I think that what I saw in in the governor's uh, the governor the governor's speech here yesterday was really some unauthentic communication in regards to what opiate addiction is, mm -hmm. as well as who's fighting the war on opiate addiction, who's on the front lines of said crisis, yeah. and um, then number three, you know, how is $50 million going to be used to continue to reinforce the old story and not allow us to break through the issues in life that are addiction and that are recovery and that are pain and suffering that we know personally as well as collectively that's out there. And um, we just want to join the conversation. Yeah. And we would like y'all to join the conversation with us as well. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. We'll see what else, you know, can be stirred up from this. Because just simply sitting back and not having a voice and not changing or using your voice, which changes the frequency of, of the possibilities of all things, just sitting back and saying, oh, it's the way it's always been, it's the way it's always going to be, there's nothing you can do about it, and uh, nothing's ever going to change, and that is not a... Uh, a position of infinite possibilities, is it? No. I, I think we saw that in some of the conversations we've seen already and heard with the interactions we've had is that most everybody has a position with some of this stuff, um, but it's based off of um, old, what I would call old definitions that we've never gone back and questioned of are, the, are these things defined properly? When we look at words like medicine, when we look at words like addiction, when we look at words like recovery, when we look at words like um, government, you know, and does the, does the current definition work for us or have we just accepted that that's what it is based off what we've been told? Or even, or even when we talk about marijuana or, or drugs in general, you know. And treatment. Treatment, because it brings up typically a personal experience with something, positive or negative. Uh, that stimulates some type of internal conversation that leads us to our position. And, and in doing that, what normally happens is, is our, our scope of vis, vi, uh, uh, being able to see things gets very narrow. And so then most of the conversations stay in that limited space of, I'm pro-pot, I'm anti-pot, I'm pro-police, I'm anti-police, I'm pro-government. I'm pro, not pro-government. I'm Democrat. I'm Republican. Buh, buh, buh. And it just turns into this, like we've seen with every topic that's been put out there right now. It's this back and forth, limited conversation that never really gets anywhere other than people just get pissed off and walk around angry all day. But there's no resolution. There's no expansion. There's nobody taking the initial step back to say, hey, I have an opinion, and it's a valuable opinion as anybody's opinion would be. But maybe the first thing I need to do is take a step back and, and say to myself, 
maybe there, I don't know everything, and there's a possibility called maybe I'm incorrect or partially incorrect or limited in the space of understanding that I have. And in doing that, I just begin to enable myself to see things a little bit differently and in that hear people in their other positions at the same time differently so that we can actually have an authentic conversation around what the real topics are, what the real issues are, what the real solutions are, and have we excluded solutions based on the fact that they're uncomfortable to us or that they're possibly even unknown to us. And so, you know, for me, that's what I've seen all week long is just like it's an immediate bam, here's my opinion, click, I'm off, right, I'm done, that's it, and if you say anything counter to that, then, you know, we've seen it all the way up to the top, like, you're, you know, you're a son of a bitch, and you're this or that, and it goes all the way down to just personal conversations on Facebook, so, um, you know, for me, that's, in, in looking at all this, that's that what's important is, how do we get into a space called, let's question everything, and see if it really is sitting in a place that is most optimal to deal with the situations and the issues at hand, a.k.a., let's just take addiction for one standpoint. Is that even, are we even talking about the same thing? When, when Governor Scott talks about addiction, is he talking about the same thing that you're talking about, that I'm talking about, that a doctor would be talking about, that someone who works at a treatment center or a psychologist would be talking about? Or are we all using the same word that means something totally different to each one of us based on our perspective and how do we come together and better unify and define what that is so that we can get out of this smog and actually address the the real issue at hand right cool well here's let's, the uh wants the video let's let's do the video and um listen to that and then we'll go adding this issue earlier this year i directed the florida department of health to issue a public health emergency that allowed us, uh, the state, to immediately draw down more than $27 million in federal grant funding, which is being used across our state. I also signed legislation to enhance criminal penalties for individuals who traffic these deadly drugs to help keep families safe. We made a commitment here in Florida to do everything possible to keep our families safe. Today, I'm proud to announce that during the upcoming legislative session, I'm proposing major legislation to combat opioid abuse. We'll include the following proposals. First, we will fight to place a three-day limit on prescribed opioids unless strict conditions are met for a seven-day supply. This is a critical step toward limiting the chance of addiction and reducing the ability for dangerous drugs to spread into our communities. We will fight to require mandatory use of the Florida Prescription Drug Monitoring Program, a database that monitors controlled substances and helps healthcare workers make informed decisions before prescribing medicine to their patients requiring all healthcare professionals who prescribe or dis dispense medicine to participate in this program will help reduce addiction and make sure more resources are available to our law enforcement officers as they work to protect our communities. This legislation will also include reforms that will fight unlicensed pain management clinics, require continuing education courses on responsibly prescribing opioids, and create new opportunities for federal grant funding. We've talked to I've talked to a lot, and we've talked to a lot of people all around the state about how, how to deal with this. And this is the proposals we're coming up with right now. I'm sure there's going to be, uh, as you go through legislative session, there'll be more ideas. Um, but, but making sure people understand when they're prescribing um, the risk, making sure that you, you can have a limited supply of these opioids uh, is a big deal. Using the database will be a big deal. 
In addition to these sweeping policy changes, I'm proposing more than $50 million to invest in investment to help our state fight this epidemic. This funding will include substance abuse treatment, counseling, and recovery services to give vulnerable individuals the help they need in their own communities. This also includes a major investment in Florida Violent Crime and Drug Control Council, which supports local law enforcement agencies as they investigate drug abuse. One thing that, that I've watched, and I've watched it with my family members, often what happens is, is who actually deals with the drug abuse is our law enforcement. And so and, you know, that's not their primary job, is to deal with uh, the drug issue in our, in our country, but they do. And so we're going to make a big investment in the Florida Violent Crime and Drug Control Council, which will help our local law enforcement. We know that the opioid epidemic is a challenging issue that requires a multi-focused approach. It's why my proposed legislation funding will help address multiple levels of this epidemic from doctors and prescribers to state community programs to law enforcement officers who are on the front line of this fight. Opioid abuse, abuse has taken the lives of too many Floridians, and you just, you know, it's almost, it's, it's almost every, every person now knows somebody that's impacted. And we're fully committed to finding additional ways to fight this crisis. I want to thank our Attorney General. When uh, we got elected at the same time, and uh, she has been a leader in whether it's fighting our pill mills, fighting synthetic drugs, uh, fighting opioid abuse, and any legislation that's gotten passed, Pam has been a key member to make sure that happens. The legislation funding I am announcing today will further strengthen our efforts to fight this national epidemic and look forward to working with Attorney General Pam Bondi. And I think she's on <clears throat> the, um, the President's uh, Council uh, to deal with opioid abuse. I want to work with President Negron, Speaker Corcoran, and the entire legislature to pass these proposals during the upcoming legislative session. And I ask that all of you call your House and Senate members and let them know the importance of dealing. Uh, they work hard uh, to, um, uh, to keep us all safe, and hopefully this will be another way that we can help them keep all of us safe. Now it's my distinct opportunity. There you go. Stop it at 420. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he doesn't talk very long, but he kind of covers a lot of ground. But as you said, I don't know how authentic all of it is. He well, skims over the top. You know, let's. I mean, there's a lot of different places that we can start with this, but let's talk about a. You know what I hear him saying. Situation is that. Uh, these opiate pills are the problem. Right? Right. And uh, if we can make it, if we can limit this supply down to a three-day supply, then somehow magically people are no longer going to become addicted to them. Like it's, like there is some magical thing going on out there where on day four yeah on day yeah. four of your prescription after you just had knee surgery or you had heart surgery or your whatever a broken arm or a car accident or this or that and you know they want to be able to regulate how you get through your pain and they believe that only giving you three-day supplies is going to allow you to not become another statistic to opiate addiction. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's some type of data that somebody presented to them at some point in time that said, hey, date, you know, statistically, 
day one, two, and three are safer than day four. <laughs> if you think about it, it's like, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, I still don't like. I just don't. I don't buy into the whole thing. Uh, for me. All right, it, so let's move on to the next thing then, real quick. Uh, law enforcement deals. Law enforcement is on the front line, right, of dealing with addiction in the state of Florida, right. And I can tell you, as a interventionist, as somebody who's been doing this for eleven years professionally, and um, have been to multiple counties and done infinite amount of interventions, many of them regarding pills, but to be honest, most individuals that are addicts are not just addicted to one particular thing, right. especially when they get down to dealing with law enforcement or dealing with Jason coming at you. Uh, to talk about what's going on in your life and an intervention. And so what I have found is that law enforcement are, they're the ones who don't want to deal with it. Uh, they will do everything in their power not to uh, work with the interventionist to get the individual in a position to receive help. And it's not all their fault either. I mean, granted, there's a lot of paperwork that goes along with this, right. this process. But what I have found statistically here in the last couple of years is even just as hard as it is to get an officer to help somebody that needs the help rather than waiting for them to, to uh, commit a crime so they can just take them to jail. Because mm -hmm. that rings a whole bunch of other bells. And they would much rather do that, but we can get that in in a minute. Is once you do once an individual does get in a position to get help, whether it's at a detox facility or the hospital, St. Joe's, whatever it is, what I have found is the desire for these facilities to patient dump these people well before they ever have an opportunity to get any kind of addiction treatment or recovery help. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of great cops in the area, a lot of great police officers, but I think if you were to poll them and say, is your job to be the front lines on addiction, um, I don't think most of them would answer yes. I think their, their job is, is law enforcement, you know, which is, it's, yes, does addiction lead to law breaking or is there law breaking involved in that? Yes, but it's not, that's not dealing with addiction, that's just arresting criminals. Right. You know, um, you're 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 addressing it way over here. Right. And so now we're saying, hey, we're going to spend twenty seven or fifty million dollars to address the issue way over here. The way we've always addressed it. This is not new. This is actually old school, like Ronald Reagan, Nancy Reagan, just say no, 84, 88 approach to the the, the drug epidemic yeah yeah I think it, then it was cocaine or whatever it was in the 80s you know and now it's uh you know well marijuana sort of because they started to legalize it but the feds don't recognize it but it's the opioids you know here in Florida such as the pill mills and all that kind of stuff so it's the hot topic and then they leverage states of emergency to be able to get the funds that they need to release to 
disseminate those to who they deem and take, according to their wording and their document, whatever measures necessary to implement whatever they need to to take care of this. But all the funds and proceeds are going to the end result arresting agencies and the child protective it's you're, you're way over here like you're already taking kids away you're already pe putting people in jail you're not dealing with addiction at that point in time it's way on down the line it's you're, you're dealing with rock bottom stuff uh, and don't get me wrong there's some people that have to go that route you know but that's not the optimal way to deal with addiction at least in, at least in my opinion you know and, well, and I mean, also statistically saying, speaking it's not yeah and so the question is is do we really have a crisis a state of emergency in regards to this, number one. And number two, you know, what's the point of having press conferences and meetings with people that may or may not have any kind of experience in dealing with everyday real life individuals seeking to get sober yep. and what are they looking at are they just most of these individuals that it, you know you're hearing from from a political position are people that a loved one has died and they've been through the system and they're robbing the neighbors for their DVDs so that they can get some more pills and it's just a thing that is increasing. Yeah. But the reason why this is happening is not because of opiates. Correct. Well, it's it's the same it's the same conversation we've had for years is removing drugs does not solve the addiction problem. It never has. Never has. You know, you could take all the drugs and remove them off the face of the earth. And say, hey, we're 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 never going to let people take medicine again. We're never going to have any drugs anymore. They're eliminated. We've shot them all into space. Nobody even has access to them. And guess what? The next day, you're going to have addicts running around doing stuff. Right. You know. I mean, at the end of the day, if it's not pill mills, it's bath salts. They're making their own stuff or meth or whatever they come up with. If they don't have it around, they'll make something. Or we, you know, it used to be we. Right. We got one of the doctors on here, uh, Jeremy McConnell, said that, you know, when CBS announced last week that they were limiting supply to seven days, that's kind of a CYA policy for them. And he also said that hospital dumping, uh, the, cur the current health care reimbursement model incentivizes to the treat and street practice. Yes, I agree completely. Yeah. So it's, it's and, and so that's what, that's what this is going back to fund. They, because they're not they're not taking any of this money that they're that one they've created this emergency that they've called an epidemic if it's an epidemic um, and said so we're going to pull down all this money and jam it right back into the same old story of the same old stuff that's never worked before and we're going to do it again and you and I were joking earlier I was like so if you want to talk statistics of stuff that is addictive that causes death that you can deem as an epidemic. Um, Listed under things that people get addicted to are cigarettes and nicotine. If you go and do a study on how many people die each year from uh, lung cancer caused by smoking, it's not even close to what you see as an opioid death situation on, a, on an annual basis. So why don't we call a state of emergency 
um, and pull down federal money to go after cigarette companies and stop smoking. Right. Yeah. So th- I always go back to like, what's the real agenda, right? What's the real agenda? What's what is everybody trying to do? Um, who benefits from this? <clears throat> because they come on and they make these statements, and you've got two sides. You got one side that's over there going like this, saying, "Hey, we did a good job. We did what we thought was right." And I think a lot of them are well intended. I don't think they're like bad people. Um, I don't think Governor Scott's a bad person. You know, no. he's done a lot of great stuff in the state of Florida, whether you voted for him or not. Well, um, he does do things. He does stuff, you know, and he's taking action. Um, but then you got the other side, which is the recovery community, which is who I really have a bigger bone to pick with that at some point in time has said, whether you're in the religious side of the recovery position, whether you're in the secular 12-step version, whether you're in a, um, you know, a, a more spirit, another spiritual version of you know, yoga and whatever else and the paid treatments and this and that, is that at some point in time, somebody made a definition of addiction that suited somebody to make money off of it. Right. And everybody accepted it because it was an improvement from where it previously was, which was, hey, this is not a disease, it's not this, it's just a bunch of criminals, to, hey, we're going to call it addiction, we're going to call it a disease so that we can now hospitalize people and medicate people and make money off of people. And no one has stopped to ask the question, is this definition actually the real definition of what the issue is, or have we settled on some type of lower-lying definition that appeases people or that we're appeased by, and never stop to challenge the status quo to say there's more involved here, there's more there's more at stake here, and there's more to understand and express and experience here, and explore than where we currently sit. And what I hear when I normally hear people talking is like twelve steps, that's it. Jesus Christ, that's it. Judaism, that's it. Allah, that's it. Torah, that's it. You know, psychology, that's it. You know, and there's never this thing to take a step back and say, hey, all this is great. There's benefits from all this, but have we sold ourselves short in this conversation? And in doing that, have we left a lot of stuff on the table, a.k.a. solutions, a.k.a. resources, based on limited definitions and limited thinking and limited work, that leaves everybody in this limited space of this revolving door that just keeps going around, causing these epidemics right. that just funnel more money back into the same hands and the same entities of the same people who've been doing it for years. Right. And at the end of the day, the same guys are making money. Well, look at the um, you know the whole marijuana thing here that's been approved for medical use and so I've done some research since you had put that post up from Dr. Oz and watched that and and that and I thought that was very interesting. But I started to do some internal research into, you know, who who's dispensing this locally, who are the doctors, what did they have to do to to get into this situation and it's it's really interesting but it's just a lot of the same people repositioning themselves to then get the funding now through these sources. You know, there's a handful of doctors here in town and and a handful of dispensaries. There's a new state license that you have to get once you've been deemed medically necessary that you can use marijuana as a resource for 
whatever it is that you're going through. Now you have another state license, so that's fees and yep. and all these different things. And and you look at the way all of this is set up, and it doesn't matter which way you turn, it all looks the exact same. Mm-hmm. And it has looked the exact same for a long period of time. Yeah, it's the same old story. And so when are we going to do something different? Well, and that's the question: is when is people are gonna, when are people going to do that? Jeremy had another great comment: said the pain management field as a Specialty wasn't in existence 20 years ago. Then their own leaders were found to be on uh, uh, found to be on dole to promote escalation of opioid use. Now they're the ones setting the policy for appropriating <laughs> appropriate prescribing. Uh, he said, "Read no meds, offer procedures, but uh, which in most cases are ineffective and come in with heavy price." So I mean, the, the information's out there, you know, I, and it's just a matter of. You know, someone's got to get in and drive some of this, and unfortunately, until we challenge, and it's it's collectively, right? It's almost like campaigning and saying we're not going to accept this. Um, Until people get sick and tired of being sick and tired with the system, it's going to keep doing what it's doing. And um, creating criminals. Right. Destroying families. Destroying families, creating criminals, and then the money keeps going to the... You know the, the the child care department. We have this plan to Whoa. go to the hottest place on earth. That is the hottest energy from the sun That's to the develop popcorn, which people will allow us to pay our vendors to receive payments. We never stop doing business. Whoa! Where did All that right. come from? That was our first commercial break. Thanks, thanks there. Yeah, that was that was interesting. So, but we're getting. Uh, as Robin says, we'll take some of that money. There are over 8,000 Florida physicians now registered as marijuana prescribers. Yeah, so, I looked it up on the map, online, yeah. Google, whatever, and it popped up with like a, a three or four where now you have to, so then now you go to this doctor, yeah. you get seen by them, they do a whatever test they're going to do to prove that you have what you say you have and which is all money or insurance same process as it always has been and then um, then you have to apply for your license from the state as a user of the substance before that you can then get the get it what do you call it your card or whatever yeah then you're just indoctrinated into that system Right, it's, and it's the exact same system. Yeah. It could be uh, concealed carry, exact same system. Uh, you know, all these different government programs that are put into place for one particular reason, and that's just creating another stream of revenue. For what? Yeah. So you know, for people who are tuning into this. They're probably going to think we're we're on this big anti-government conspiracy no. theory rant. No, and that's not it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure we got to circle back yeah, on that yeah. because even though I can camp out in that area, did Robin text you or no, something? No, 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 no. That sounds like something that she no, would no. Say but I'm, for sure. I'm channeling Robin's yes, thoughts. But, yes. Um, because I can camp out in that spot. You know, I can get over there and I can spend a lot of time online and get into these places called you know. There's this big conspiracy to you know Hunger Games, the whole country. And and um, and there's some fun stuff to kick around with that, but I I think more importantly, circle back for you and I to make clear is like, wh- why are we passionate about this? Why is this perspective 
important to who you and I are um, and the work that we do um, when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think what we found out, I know what I found out over the last 12 years uh, is that it, this has absolutely nothing to do with the substance that you're addicted to or that someone else you know is addicted to. It is so well beyond that in regards to addiction recovery treatment. And so what it takes is long-term investments into people. And that is where we get into the crux of doing the same old thing versus yeah. investing a large amount of money into a small amount of people. Yeah. So that those people actually get what the money was intended for, which was treatment, recovery. Right. You know, it's on the other side. You should not be uh, going through the system over and over and over again if you received the proper care. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. And so what we've found is that you cannot force people through this funnel and get this end product out that is going to justify the expense. Right. It's well, just not going to happen. Yeah, the statistics are so low, you know, for, for the... Now, now, a lot of... See, I think what America thinks, I think what the average Joe thinks is that it's because opiates are that much more addicting. Yeah. And it's, that's not the truth. It's worse. But if, if you go back and look at how they used to talk about marijuana back in the 70s. Yeah. It would be a very similar conversation when they first went to classify, like whatever it was, 74, 73 is like this horrible thing. And it's, it's, it's always the next thing. Cocaine was that thing for a while, right? Then pop was again. Crack. Then crack came along, right? 80s. And, and now it's the pills. And there's always there'll be something else after after this, you know. And the bath salts came out. People were eating people's face in Miami and whatever it was, right? Like there's there's going to be something else after this, and it could be something totally different. But the issue isn't the, the dope. The issue is not the dope. The issue is is that we we are breeding people who don't know who they are, and have this huge gaping lack and need to figure that out. And our solution collectively as a society is. Medicated in some capacity, right? And then if that doesn't work, or if we create, if we create Frankenstein out of this, right? That's, well, that's what we've done. Yeah, is that's that, we've created people that eat other people's faces off. Yeah. It, now we'll put you through this system that's a broken system to try to fix you. Like if you take a step back, like everybody admits it's a broken system. I don't know if there's any people out there that even the people that are involved that say like they look at prisons and they look at the jail system and they look at the arresting system. Yeah. If you talk to police officers, you know they'll say it's a broken system. So our idea is we're going to take a broken person, put them through a broken system, and somehow fix them. That's, that's the solution. And so no one wants to stop and say, hey, let's cut it out. Let's Susan Powder this thing. Let's stop the insanity, right? I dated my age, but <laughs> well, that, stop the insanity. That's really and, that a good and, and try something new, you know, and open our, open our minds up to something that's uncomfortable, different, and, and like you said, Investing in the people and what they really, what's really, what it really takes to deal with this. And you know, I went through 
to the people that are online or watching or that, do, that do know me, you know, they know a little bit of my story, but that was part of this. I, I went through this process. Right. Like I, I got to a place where I wanted to get clean, didn't have any money because in my addiction I started to lose everything, so I had not a pot to piss in, very little income, enough to kind of live. No puns. Yep. And <laughs> no puns with <laughs> a pot. And researching online, trying to find a place to go, can't find anywhere because everything's forty thousand, fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollars, or it takes insurance and another ten thousand dollars, which I didn't have because I'd gone to the place of not having any insurance. So the last thing for me to do is just keep going down this path until I got arrested, and then I get shoved into the system. Which I'm very grateful that I'm okay. But if I look at all the people that were involved in that process, it's it is an obvious failure when you're sitting in a room full of people and the people there are looking at you, going, "Hey." There's 110 guys in this room. Maybe statistically, maybe one of you will stay clean. That ain't have anything to do with like a, a recovery or restoration. They're just talking about stay off drugs. Yeah. Maybe one of you. May, maybe one out of a hundred. Then you take that maybe one out of a hundred and say, how many of those maybe ones out of a hundred get any type of restoration and life back from a financial standpoint, from a work standpoint, from a marriage and family? And all the other stuff, and it's even less than that. Right. It's one out of every two or three hundred. So I mean, we're going to dump millions of dollars into one out of every seven hundred people. Let's just call it, or thousand people becomes a high functioning member of society again. Like it's lunacy. No one would. I, if you put that as a stock on Wall Street and said, "Hey, here's your potential return," there, no one in their right mind would invest in that. Right. Gary Vee would look at you and tell you you're the biggest idiot on the planet. Like yeah. nobody's buying that company. Yeah. But worse, he probably would say something else. He'd probably say that. something else, drop a couple of f bombs. But yeah, and it would be great. But need some cannibal flocka. <laughs> um, we get some good comments. <laughs> so we got to bring the humor to it. We got some, we got some, we have some friends watching that uh, I love and have missed. I haven't gotten to see it recently. So this is the best part about this is I get to talk to some old school buddies like Jeremy and Caesar's on too. Um, but it, it, it's this crazy thing and, and everybody's just accepted it as the way it is. And because no one really wants to look at it and deal with it for what it is, because in dealing with it for what it is, it takes a far grander investment than just money to get it done. It's the easiest thing to do is just throw a bunch of money and walk away. But the money doesn't fix it. It takes effort, people, and time. Yeah. That's the investment that most people aren't willing to make. And the money's going to the wrong places. Yes. Well, then you've got all the restrictions. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get on, on my high horse about certain industries, but it's like when you study a psychologist, for example, right, a licensed psychologist, the constraints put on them to be able to counsel somebody adequately almost takes them out of the position to be able to counsel anybody adequately. No doubt. One, they spend 90% of the time doing paperwork. Yeah. The other part is, is they can't say or ask or do most of the stuff that really needs to be done to help somebody. Right. So they have to like learn how to unauthentically almost dance around the issues and extract information, but there's certain lines they can't ever cross. Well, I think they become conditioned to the old story and they may have a desire starting out early, wanting to save the world, if you will, but after going through this tremendous work to be who they thought they wanted to be, they are just numb to it all, and now at that point it's just about, 
you know, having people come in and we'll see you next week type of situation. Yeah. And there is no true, authentic restoration or any kind of way to really look and see if it's there other than the fact that, you know, marriages are wrecked in this country, families wrecked in this country, statistically, not all, but statistically. Yeah. Uh, addiction recovery wrecked in this country and, and we're not just talking you know opiate addiction we're talking yeah. pornography gambling you know alcoholism we're talking about every kind of addiction that there all is the isms. all the isms all the isms and so this is so much bigger than opiate and there's no way that we can solve this problem with such a limiting point of view, yeah. such a finite focus on such a, a, a huge problem that's going on out there. I love seeing some of the people who join. I, I, one of the guys that's a VA, involved with the VA, uh, he, he's, as an example, said the VA is a perfect example, is Brian. He said they have to follow a list of questions and not use what they haven't learned. Like they, they're constricted to, you know, hey, I've got a, I've got a checklist here i got to go down, and I can't really give you what you need you can choose from my cart of, <laughs> yeah. of stuff you know and then the goal you know the, the, the real I don't know what the goal is I don't want to say I know what the, the, the goal is but the agenda appears to be get people from this addiction to this addiction you know when it's all said and done you see the comments now yeah no, get, I'm some people, at them. get some people on um, so it's it's a it's a it's a frustrating uh, to me it's the, the part of it that I, I can't stand watching is it's like watching a dysfunctional person or dysfunctional relationship as I'm counseling people or working with people and then pretending everything's okay right like it'd be like if somebody came to me and said here's a scenario we're having some marital issues can you kind of take a look at everything and I take a look at everything and I say it seems like everything's fine and I make some really minor suggestions like. You know, maybe like uh, you know, comb your hair a little different tomorrow, and uh, you know, buy buy your wife a new sweater. I'm not giving you anything that actually solves anything. It's just something new to go waste your time and run in circles so you come back the next time and pay me again. Right. So anyway, back but back to Governor Scott and I guess some of the topics we're on before we run out of time. I. Uh, it's alarming to me in a number of different ways when I see these guys start throwing around the words epidemic and emergency so frivolously. Yeah. Um, because although there are some major issues to tackle, um, the driver on this can't just be the math you know, at this point in time. Because there's, there's other things in hand that are of, of, of uh, far greater destructive consequence that are going on than what we're seeing there. And that's not to minimize the deaths that are taking place by opioids, because we do have a problem. Um, but to just, you know, and anybody that kind of looks at this stuff, if you go read any of the articles and uh, his submission of what he put into place and, and kind of look into it, the scary part for me when I read this stuff is, is that anytime they do this, it it removes a lot of their rules, yeah. Right, like what it says is like, hey, we're creating a state of emergency, and the state of emergency isn't like, hey, there's an emergency, Jason needs help. 
Yeah. It's, hey, this state of emergency that I'm saying is a state of emergency really just removes all the rules and guidelines that I have to follow. So now I can disseminate money however I feel like it in the name of doing what's right based on my limited perspective of the information that I've gotten to recreate and repeat the same old story that we've had before. Right, and what it does also is it opens up the floodgates of money yeah. to tap into now because you are in this quote-unquote state of emergency. Yep. And so it just it's like the gatekeeper of funds from on a state level to a national level and it is just feeding the beast of what the is individuals what that are doing in office at that current moment in time. We we just so if the, if you were to if I were I'll look at it this way if I were to analyze the system, right the the addiction treatment system and the, the whole process, it's an addict in and of itself. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's behaviors. It's feeding on itself. It's addicted to itself and its own behaviors and its own destructive ways of doing things. And what we just did was it'd be equivalent to saying, hey, we've got a major problem. This guy's a major drug addict. I just got you a check for $3 million. I'm going to give you a bunch of money. Yeah. So we're going to solve all your problems. We're going to solve all your problems. Here's a bunch of money. Right? And so we just injected $50 million into an addict system. We just spiked the main vein, bro. Yeah. And gave it exactly what it needs to grow and expand and become worse than it already is because there's nothing that they're doing that's changing the broken system. Right. That's my issue with it is. And no and, and nobody wants to take a step back and say, "Hey, and again, I get some of it. I understand some of it. They can't say like, "Hey, we're wrong. We've been wrong the whole time." Well, just let's talk about this. Opiates. So it's, it's a schedule 2 drug. Marijuana. Schedule 1. Schedule 1 <laughs> drug. I mean, yeah. and so what do you think that they're going to do? Go back and say, oh, we were wrong. Yeah. We're wrong about marijuana. Well, that, that unwinds too much. I mean, or we're wrong about opiates because it went through the FDA. It was approved. They, exactly. All the things that you're saying that we can't use marijuana for because it's not FDA approved. It hasn't been put through the process yet. Look at all these medications that have been put through the process that are causing well more harm than some of these other things and well, so it reminds me of the old AA thing where they and when you learned earlier on it was like it's not it's not the beer it's not the wine I'll just drink beer you know it's not oh it's not the beer I'll just drink on Tuesday nights no I'll just go to NA yeah I'll just go over here I'll just go over there and cuz I really just need to quit doing cocaine it, not it's not drink. this it's just the opioids so if we reclassify the opioids and place an emergency it solves the problem it's not that it was marijuana we'll classify it schedule 1 but it wasn't the marijuana it's the cocaine and at the whole time the the system's in a state of denial just like an addict yeah and as long as it's in a state of denial there's nothing you can do. And how do you get how do you do an intervention with an addict? Everybody sits down and pulls an ultimatum down that says, We're not participating in this insanity anymore. Yeah. You can keep doing it self-destruct, but we're not participating in it. And it's only until the people who have leverage in these positions that really care and really want to work at it, and unfortunately you and I don't have millions of dollars or I'd spend them doing this. It's only until we position ourselves to create that intervention with the system that says we're, we're done. We're done participating that the reality will set in, the beast won't be fed, 
and it will die. And then we can actually create something better. Right. Then the infinite possibility of something grander than what we currently exist or experience can take place. But it's only when we, it, it, it's just like dealing with somebody else. And it's only when they, they got to stop and admit that there's an actual issue, then accept that there's an actual issue and what the issue is before any work can be done on it. Right. And as long as everybody keeps participating in it, pretending that it's working. That's what everyone's doing. Homeless, you know, all the different agencies in this town, the, the um, sex trafficking, the addiction issues, the, all these different issues, mental health issues that are here locally that I know personally because I've dealt with all of these industries. Uh, we even looked at doing something for women here not too long ago and came up, up against such a large amount of um, interference mm -hmm. that it, they're making it impossible to help anybody in town. Yeah. Well, because we've defined being able to help somebody has to fall under all these definitions. Yeah. And as long as you fall under these definitions and you meet these requirements, and as long as you meet these requirements, then you can receive these funds. And if you don't do that, then we're going to shut you down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, again, the, what do you do Like at that point in time? But it's only when the people in the community get educated. And that's why you know, people ask why we're doing some of this stuff. That's one of the reasons. Hopefully people watch this. Hopefully people listen. Hopefully people share. Hopefully it stimulates somebody to take it back and say, Well, hey, hope's a bitch and a beggar, yeah, so that's, that's probably a, not going to work. That won't work, work there, but maybe. Right. <laughs> Our desire Our for desire doing for this is greater is things it? than just what we are currently doing to impact the people around, around us. us. And somebody say, hey, we have to rethink this. We've got to, and I, I have to rethink my position within this and there is a lot of power if everyone takes a look an honest look at and and begins to understand who they are then they can start positioning themselves in a place of power that can change things yeah it doesn't necessarily take money to change everything but it does take a a, a number a, a number of individuals who understand who they are to tap into the source power necessary to make the needed change. Yeah, it's an alignment of combined energy to overcome what was, mm -hmm. aka the old story, which is the is constantly going in the background. It, it takes that combined effort of all sorts of people and organizations to then begin to make a change and do something different. Yep. And uh, we certainly are not saying that we have the answers. Uh, we do know what works in regards to us and the people that we come in contact with. And we just enjoy uh, talking about all things life restoration. Yeah. And um, this is just some of the topics that were on the, on the countertop this week. And uh, our freedom from the boss allowed us to go a little deep yeah. and uh, and we're not going to go too far over I think we're about we're about done oh yeah I think we're good and and we didn't go two or three hours I thought this was going to be a four hour podcast maybe like a mini series box set I mean we could we could just you know take a break we could take callers 
We could take callers. We could, you know, do all sorts of things. We do miss you, Robin. And it's not the same without you here. No, that's for sure. And if you've never tuned in before, it. you need to tune in on a week where Robin's with us because um, it's way better. <laughs> way, <laughs> way better. Way, way better when Robin's here. But um, does anybody, we're still getting Facebook stuff. Does anybody have any questions or anything else? We appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. And uh, checking in with us, we miss a lot of you guys. There's some names on here I haven't seen the faces to in a long time. So I just want to say, um, hey to Brian, hey Jeremy, a couple other people I uh, see join. That man, there's one guy on here I haven't seen him in a, a, a couple of decades. Brandon, I don't know if he's still on or not, but wow. Sees, um, good to hear from you, man. I think I'm not missing. Alex got on. Sean Roach got on. Look at that. Nice little list of people. So, hey, and even if you watch this later on and we're not live, if you want to leave comments or questions, we'll be glad to still communicate with you. Um, you know, spread the word. But um, we are all about trying to keep it, not trying, keeping it authentic and being the best version of ourselves we can possibly be. And we want that for each and every person, too. Yeah. So, I mean, we're sharing our testimony. And we test everything. And On ourselves. <laughs> yes, we do. We test yeah. everything. And we, and we experience all sorts of cool stuff. And um, well, You can consider us your personal test dummies. Yes. There you go. Crash test dummies. Yes. But so. we appreciate you joining and spending some time with us. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one. What do you think? I don't know it. Good.